Hey guys, thanks so much for taking the time to tune into the podcast. Today, I'm really excited to share my conversation with my friend, Coach Ashley Howard, who is the men's head basketball coach at LaSalle University. This was a really fun one for me because his story connects to past podcast guest, Coach Jay Wright and Father Rob Hagan. If you haven't listened to my podcast with Coach Wright or Father Rob, definitely take the time to tune in. They both were incredible guests. And this was also fun for me because Coach Ash is a family friend. His dad, Mo Howard, coached my brother, Tony Hayden, at St. Joe's Prep, so we go way back. Quick background on Coach Ashley Howard. He is married to his wife, Ariana, and they have two beautiful children. He was born and raised in Philadelphia, where he bounced around from different grade schools and high schools and then landed at Drexel University. He was a standout player at Drexel, but unfortunately, his basketball career came to a sudden halt at the end of his sophomore year due to a health condition. Coach Ash found the silver lining and became a student assistant coach which was the start of his coaching career. After Drexel, Coach Ash was an assistant at LaSalle, then Drexel, Xavier, and then spent five years at Villanova under past podcast guest, Coach Ray, where he was a major part of the 2016 and 2018 basketball championship success. After his profound experience under Coach Wright, Coach Ash was offered the head coaching job at LaSalle University just one year ago in April 2018, which was always a dream for him. So throughout our conversation, we not only talk about Coach Ash's successful basketball coaching career, but we also talk about the setbacks, the importance of trusting God's plan, overcoming failure, balancing family life, always remaining humble, the meaning of grit, and so much more. Hope you guys enjoy. So Coach Howard, welcome to the podcast. Super excited to have you here. Thanks for having me, Steph. And like we were just talking about, um, I'm excited to share your story, but also it's cool how you connect to past podcast guests, such as Coach Wright and Father Rob, who we were just talking about. And then you also connect to my family. Absolutely. So I got to give a shout out to my brother, Tony, who connected us. Um, And for the listeners that don't know, my brother played basketball at St. Joe's Prep, and your dad was one of his coaches, Mo Howard. I remember Tony since I was a little kid, man. (laughs) Three-point shooter. He was was like the original Clay Thompson in my my eyes. That's that's who your brother was. He'll love that. So he's 42. How old are you? I'm 38. So you're a little bit younger. He's four years older than me. Okay. Did you guys ever play each other in high school, or did you miss him by a year? No, I missed him by a year. I was an eighth grader when he was a senior. Okay. Got it. Very cool. Then uh, my dad loved you too. So your dad, your dad was the best man. I yeah, love your dad. So for listeners that don't know, my dad went to LaSalle University, yep. played a big role in his life. So we always love to give back. And I remember when you were hired like a year ago, he was so pumped about it. So yeah. fortunately, he passed. But he would have thought this was really cool that we were doing this interview. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And lastly, you're a Philadelphia guy in and out, which is pretty cool. Born and raised. <laughs> Born and raised. Um, so I thought we'd start off by having you provide the listeners with a little bit of background on where you grew up in Philadelphia and went to school. So, you know, gr- growing up, it, it was really, you know, just me and my mom mm-hmm. when I was a child. So, okay. So we, we bounced around a lot. Mm-hmm. So I, I lived in just about every area of the city. Mm-hmm. Um other than South Philly, so like okay. I lived, like we lived in West Philadelphia. Um, we we spent some time in Delaware County. Okay. We lived lived in Darby and Yaden because my grandfather owned a house in, in Darby. So mm-hmm. the times we would stay at his house in Darby. When I lived there, I went to Park Lane Elementary School. Okay. And then Penwood East Middle School. Okay. Then we moved from there to Mount Airy, mm-hmm. and I went to C W Henry. Okay. And then, um, you know, my my mother. I had some hard times, you know, she mm-hmm. was a single mom 
and um and I moved in with my grandparents. Okay. Um and then when I moved in with my grandparents in North Philadelphia, I went to the Jesu school. Oh yeah. Which okay. is connected to the prep. That's mm-hmm. why I spent a lot of my time watching your brother play. Okay. At St. Joe's Prep. And then, you know, I started off at St. Joe's Prep in high school. Ended up transferring to Bonner. My okay. senior year, I moved back with my mom in West Philly. Mm-hmm. My senior year, and then I, tra- I bounced around. Yeah. Um, went to Bonner, then from Bonner to Drexel. Drexel, okay. And then from Drexel, I you know started my uh, career in, in coaching. Coaching. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And um, what sort of influence did your parents have on you, too? So so obviously, it's like my, my dad, you know, he, he played a major role mm-hmm. in my life in terms of just introducing the game of basketball to yeah. me you know as a child you don't realize how how big your parents are how iconic they are yeah until you get older but you know the one thing I always remembered about my dad was in my grandparents house mm-hmm. um it was like you know we lived in like a Philly row home right right yeah, right yeah. in North Philly and you know the entire basement was just full of my dad's trophies you know okay. what I mean yeah and in my mind it was like oh okay it's my dad's trophies but like when I thought about it, it was a ridiculous amount of trophies. Yeah. So he I was famous. Yeah, it's like so yeah. it's like all right, yo, like this dude is a big deal. Yeah. But as a kid, I'm just thinking, okay, all right, we have a basement full of trophies. All right, right. they're all my dad's trophies. Yeah. And when I was a kid, my whole thing was like, all right, adding to the trophy collection. Mm-hmm. So like when I was a child growing up, it was you know in, in terms of basketball, it was always you know you know trying to excel mm-hmm. so that I could add more trophies to the house. Right. right? And that was my perspective. So. That was, um, you know, that was my first like concept of trying to be great and excel at something. Okay. And basketball was very much like the fabric of my household. So, you know, as a young child, it was mm-hmm. always, you know, I was always highly motivated um, in basketball. And so the listeners know your dad played at Maryland? My dad played at the player? University of Maryland. Okay. And, and then he played in the NBA too, played right? Played in the NBA, played with Pistol Pete Maverick. Maravich so cool. with the uh, New Orleans Jazz. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he was he was a great player, Philly legend, played in the Catholic League at St. Joe's Prep. Okay. And um and one of the cool things and, and I realized this later in time was that, you know, my dad was one of the first minorities to mm-hmm. to leave Philly and then go play in the ACC. Sure, yeah. So he played in the ACC during a time where like it was just starting to become segregated. Okay. And and the ACC used to have like Saturday live televised games. Okay. So everybody in Philly would watch those games because they knew my dad was from Philly. Okay. So like Very he cool. was the one dude that that played in the in the ACC during that time mm-hmm. that everybody in our area could relate to. Could relate to yeah. Because they were like, yo, there there's Mo. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so cool. Yeah. So so that I think that had a huge impact on, you know, just my dad's um ability to just really kind of just like be a dude that was iconic during his generation in, yeah. in uh, Philly basketball. So, Very cool. Yeah, it's really cool. And then he coached Tony Hayden, which then is he, a big accomplishment. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. No, no, and then, he coached, <laughs> and then he coached Tony Hayden, and he played. And the cool thing about that was, you know, when my dad was done playing, mm. you know, he started coaching, and, and Coach Eddie Burke sure, yeah. was my dad's high school coach, who oh, later cool. became Tony's high school coach and my high school coach at the prep. Yeah. My dad was, you know, just helping Coach Burke out. Yeah. And and I know Coach Burke and your dad went to LaSalle together. That's right. Yeah. They, my they dad loved Coach friends, Burke. Yeah. Right? So um, it, it's just cool how life All always connects. comes back full circle. Definitely. Yeah. 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 And then we were just talking about your mom who passed in 2011. Yeah. So what sort of influence did she have on you too so growing up? Just, just watching my mom just uh, 
just get up every day, go to work, struggle mm. to support me. You know, as a child, there's certain things that, that really make an impact on your life. And just seeing, you know, my mom just just battle um, being a single parent mom, mm. um, you know, at, at times like having battles with addiction right. and mm-hmm. stuff like that. It, it, it made me very cognizant of mm-hmm. the fact that I want I want something better. Right. You know, right, and right. and my mom was my motivation. Like mm-hmm. in basketball, like when I got old enough to kind of understand was when I was like, all right, my motivation was like, all right, I wanna I wanna play ball, I wanna help. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to be a burden on my mom. Okay. You know what I mean? Because it there were times where like, you know, when I moved with my grandparents, I mm-hmm. felt like, you know what, I was a burden on my mom. I may have been you know, because I was, you know, I wasn't the, I wasn't an angel when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what right, I mean? Right, right. So, um, you know, it was times where I felt like, yeah, you know what, man, I'm, I'm a burden. I never wanted to be a burden. Mm-hmm. And then I changed that mindset in terms of not wanting to be a burden. To like, all right, if I can get a, a free scholarship to college, sure, yeah, my mom won't have to worry about me, right? In terms of supporting me and yeah, and and all those things. So everything that I did, um, you know. Just growing up was always just to kind of be, you know, self self sufficient mm-hmm. and So you got a full ride to Drexel? I did. Okay. I did. And what year is that? Nineteen ninety nine. Okay. And yep. did you play there all four years I, or I didn't. So Okay. So huge part of my uh my journey was I played my first two years. I was a starter as a sophomore. I was like the only returning uh starter. Okay. Going into my junior year, we had a coaching change and I got diagnosed with a heart condition. Okay. Going into that year. Yeah. And um, you know, all the time and energy that I put into the game of basketball. I remember my mom used to tell me, the only thing you care about is basketball. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I would come home from school, grab my ball, go to the yeah. playground, play, come back, you know, completely filthy and, you know, time for dinner and then, right. you know, study late nights, some nights. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and um and my mom was my mom's whole thing was like the only thing you care about is basketball. And she was right. Like right. I invested my whole life in basketball mm-hmm. and trying to become the best player that I could be. Yeah. And um, you know, going into my junior year, I got it I got it taken away from me. Right. Um, where I was told I'd never play again. And um That's really tough. Yeah, that was tough. To that, it was but, tough. Yeah. But um it was one of those one of those um moments in my life where, you know, I had to figure out what's next mm-hmm. you know we right. we talk to our players about it all the time yeah like eventually the ball's gonna stop bouncing and i heard that message so many times mm-hmm. um just as a kid going to basketball camps and hearing guest speakers and you know having you mm-hmm. know good coaches and mentors like yo eventually the ball's going to bounce you gotta have a plan b yeah and um you know i was fortunate enough to have uh bruiser flint uh oh, as, sure, yeah. as our coach at drexel at the okay. time and his assistant, Jeff Arnold, who mm-hmm. was uh, a longtime assistant at St. Joe's under Coach Martelli. Mm-hmm. You know, those guys were my mentors right. at that time. And and they, you know, they they, they kind of directed me in the path of of coaching. Okay. And, um, you know, from that moment, you know, it really became less about, you know, me. Because, again, I didn't want people to look at me going through that difficult period of my life and say, sure. like, oh, man, this dude is a wreck. Yeah. This dude's feeling, you know, this dude's walking around feeling sorry for. I, I just didn't want that to right. be my narrative. So I really just started channeling all of my energy to helping other people coaching. And, okay. and coaching. And so did you help Drexel's team? Yeah. So I was, I was, yeah, I was a student assistant. Okay. But yeah. you know, even during that time, like I started like training high school kids and 
coaching in the Sunny Hill League. Sure, yeah. Working different camps and events and stuff like that. Okay. Um, just trying to, you know, be as immersed in, in that as I could. Yeah. It took my mind off not playing. Not I was playing. still yeah. around the game. Right, right, right. Um, and, um, and God works in mysterious ways. So Definitely, by, the, by yeah. the grace of God, um, I was able to, you know, just kind of position myself where, you know, I was able to transition and become a college coach pretty right. well. Right. That's awesome. So yep. you knew, so you got hurt your sophomore year. Transition all your energy into coaching. Yep. So you kind of had like a step, you're a step ahead I of was. other coaches, which I was a, kind of a blessing too. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was. Silver it was lining a little bit. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, so right after college, you became an assistant. Yep. So and you went to LaSalle, correct? Yep. Okay. Yep. And then um, you went to LaSalle for four years? Yep. I was okay. at LaSalle for four years. And then Drexel for two? Then I went back to Drexel for four. I was four. Oh, wow. Four. Okay. Yep. And then Xavier? Then Xavier for one year. One year? Okay. And, and then, then Villanova. Villanova for five. So you bounced around. Yeah. What you did as your kids, you're used to a little yeah, bit. Yeah. yeah, yeah life yeah, as a coach. Yep. Um, so would love for you to give advice to anyone that's tuning in um, who might just be starting in coaching. Um, or even college, you know, graduating college seniors and sort of what advice you would give to them since you've been in that position a lot as an assistant coach? Well, I, I think that the biggest thing is you you coach because you love the game, you love to help people. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and that's the reason why you coach, mm-hmm. right? You shouldn't coach because you think you're going to make a lot of money. And I mm-hmm. know it's easy for me to say that now because right. I'm a head coach and I've been uh, a part of some really successful teams, mm-hmm. right? But I didn't get into coaching to make money. You right. know, it was, it's like my first my first jobs in coaching, I didn't make money. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I, I was um, I was just, you know, working guys out for like, you know, 20 bucks an hour. You Got know it. what I yeah. mean? And, and coaching volunteer teams and traveling. And, mm-hmm. and, um, and I loved it. Right. You know what I mean? Like I enjoyed that more than having the stress of, you know, coaching in like, you know, high pressure, right. high intensity type situations like I just enjoyed you know watching kids develop and mm-hmm. grow and 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 that's why you do it and and you you stay true to that mm-hmm. and and if you keep things in perspective that way right you know in this profession like in my opinion like things just happen for you right um as opposed to you know doing things you know with an ulterior motive just do things out of the kindness of your heart you right know what I mean like when I was coaching um, even as a student assistant, like right. I had no idea that I would end up being a Division One coach. Mm-hmm. Like I would have been completely content with, um, like being a high school coach right. and, and you know starting like a high school program, yeah, and and, um, and, and dealing with young people. Exactly. Like that. Yeah. That was you know, um, that was my mindset, and it just so happened that, you know, I was I was able to you know, transition and, and, and get a division one coaching job. Like I'm extremely mm-hmm. blessed and fortunate. Right. Like it just it just fell on my lap that way. Definitely. Yeah. Um but you know, and that then, wasn't the plan at all. I had sp- no idea. And then so you spent five years at Villanova, right? So yep. how did that opportunity come about? So and that was in two thousand thirteen, I think. Yeah, two thousand thirteen. Okay. So, you know, co- co- I, I knew Coach Wright since I was mm-hmm. in high school. He recruited me a little bit when he was at Hofstra. Okay. And um we competed against Hofstra. Got when I was it, at yeah. Drexel. We were in the same conference. Right. So my first two years at Drexel, we played against Coach Wright. His teams were unbelievable. We had yeah. Speedy Claxton and Kid Norman Richardson, two guys who were two NBA players in okay. the American East at the time. And you know they had they had a really good team. 
So Coach Wright and I were familiar with each other. Then he mm-hmm. transitioned to Villanova. And, um, and Coach Wright was, it's funny, Coach Wright was one of Eddie Burke's assistant mm-hmm. coaches at, Dre- oh, at Drexel. Okay. Yeah. So during that time, you know, when Coach Burke was an assistant at Drexel, I know my dad used to come and volunteer coach okay. with them. So right. like they're you know how Philly is, like everybody small, knows each yeah. other. It's small. It's a um it's a it's a it's a brotherhood in the yeah. basketball community. So Coach Wright and I knew each other and because I was coaching in Philly, um I was I was always around. Mm-hmm. I was always right. Um, you know, in the same places at the same time, in the same gyms, recruiting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, catch coach right at high school games. Like he would see me, you know, just kind of doing my thing. Right. You know, you know, working for LaSalle and working mm-hmm. for Drexel. Yeah. And um, I think you know he, you know, I was a guy that that didn't play for him. Mm-hmm. You know, didn't come up underneath his coaching tree, but a guy that he was comfortable with. Okay. He was familiar with because he knew me since I was a, a young kid. Right. And and he followed me in, in my um progression as a as a coach. Okay. And then when he had opportunities um on his staff, like he interviewed me okay. um before hiring me, but you know, we, okay. we developed that type of connection. Right. And then when it made sense um for for me to transition and, and there was an opportunity for, for me to join the staff, he, he um he offered me a job and I, and I was, uh, yeah, I was eager to accept it. Yeah. yeah I love yeah. it. But I think it's interesting because everyone talks about 2016, 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know you guys got knocked out tournament was it 2014, 2015, second yeah. round. Yep. And so those were some tough times yep. that people sometimes forget about. Yep. Um, so can you talk about sort of why it's important to go through those sort of setbacks and how they make you stronger? Cause it, it, it's all learning experiences. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you, you know, we all make mistakes. We learn from them. Yeah. Um, in those first two years at Nova, when we lost in the second round, first game to, to UConn, who were the eventual national champs, then the second game to, to NC State, it was – they were two similar games where, mm-hmm. you know, we we got in that moment and we, we didn't rely on the habits that we were trying to create all year. And, right. And, you know, we got in the most difficult situation. And I think the pressure of the situation got to a couple of our guys. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, you know, we, we didn't play the normal team game mm-hmm. that people grew accustomed to watching Villanova play. Right. Um, and, and I think we learned from those games. Right. Okay. I felt like, you know, Arch and Daniel and, mm-hmm. and Josh Hart and Chris Jenkins all the those were the four guys that were a part of those games that played okay. in those games where where we where we just kind of fell apart as a team. Yeah. Um when we got to that same situation in 2016 versus okay. Iowa, um <laughs> going into that game, it it was like, yo, this isn't happening. This isn't happening. Whatever again, right? whatever 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 happens today. Yeah. Yo, we're 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 sticking together. We're gonna mm-hmm. play as a team. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna um, play for each other. Mm-hmm. We're gonna go out here and do what we do. Yeah. And um, you know, from the start of that game, it was like early. It was close, and we had a. I remember it like it was yesterday. Like Daniel missed a dunk, then he got the rebound mm-hmm. and he put it back in, and he and he flushed it home. And it was like for us, it was like it was like it was like it was, it, it, yeah. was like it was like a big uh, sigh of relief. Just yeah. that one play, I, I felt like that one play kind of changed. Momentum. The momentum in yeah. that game, and um, and like from that point, man, we we just took off, and and it was it was a great run. But mm-hmm. the, the most important 
um, thing that I remember from that run was it was all about the team. Like yeah. even up until that last play where where Ryan, you know, dropped the pass off to Chris Jenkins yeah. to hit the three. It was like like most this is ninety nine percent of the players in the country mm-hmm. would have taken that shot. Right. Would have tried to get a shot off in that moment because that's the moment that as children we all we all live for. Yeah. For sure. You know, as a kid that's in the playground or in his driveway. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just counting down the clock in the national championship game. I got the ball. Right. Three seconds on the clock, three, two, one, I make the shot. Yeah. Ryan stayed true to who he was mm-hmm. as a leader. Yeah. Um, on that team and and just made the right play mm-hmm. and and dropped it off to Chris for 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 the game winning three. So, yeah, that was cool. You know, and 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 when you win that way, mm-hmm. it's easy for the team to to be even more bought into the 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 team concept. Right. The the idea of being unselfish. Definitely making yeah. the right play for the team. Right. right? And um, and you know it, it was it was it was an awesome moment, a great great experience and. And, um, that actually I was brings very fortunate me, to be a part of that. Yeah, that brings me um, to in Coach Wright's book that I read. Yep. He talks about humility a lot. And mm-hmm. he said after the 2016 championship game, and I think he probably did this in 2018 too, but he said to them, stay humble. Don't let this define you. Yep. This can't be the best thing you do in your life. It's just a basketball game. It's everybody else. It's huge, but you've got to be a good man, a good husband, a good father. Don't forget that. Yep. So I thought that was pretty cool yep. that he said that to them right away. Right away, yeah, and 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 it and it is like the combination of Coach Wright and Father Rob. Those two mm-hmm. dudes are like uh, <laughs> they like piggyback off each other all the mm-hmm. time. And, and for the listeners too, um, just to remember that. So I, I've had Coach Wright, but I've also had Father Rob, who's mm-hmm. the basketball chaplain. Yep. So definitely want to talk about the influence you know he's had on your life, because yep. um, he's all about the humility too. Yeah, man. So Coach Wright it, is. It's, 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 and, and, you know, we got we got humble and hungry here. I got my yeah. humble and hungry with sour oh, cool. fans from my from my Villanova people. They're gonna be mad. They're gonna say I stole it, but I do. <laughs> everybody everybody steals everything that they get. Yeah. From somebody else. So <laughs> I got my humble and hungry wristband on, but it's very real because mm-hmm. you know you go through that experience, and the world is telling you that you know like yo, you guys are the champs. You guys are on top of the world. You guys are. But then you go back. With your family, when all that mm-hmm. when all that stuff settles down, yeah, you're with your family. Right. When all that settles down, you got to go to the supermarket and shop. Mm-hmm. When all that settles down, you got to go back into your campus community. Right. And life goes on. Mm-hmm. Right. And if yeah. you walk around like uh, you know, like like I'm I'm the champ. Right. Like people look at you like, come on, man. Like, all right, that's over. Right. 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 You know, like what what type of man are you? What, what type of person are you? How are mm-hmm. you using that? opportunity to now help other, other people. people and and it was really it was it was profound that coach mm-hmm. in that moment you know chose to make a a, a very valuable teaching point especially for him mm-hmm. his first national championship and yeah. I know I know he's cool as the the other side of the pillow right um but you know for, for him to to be able to you know compartmentalize like his emotions yeah. in that moment and the excitement of winning his first national championship and use that as a teaching point was right. awesome. Was Definitely. Awesome. Yep. Now I want to um, get to your opportunity about how LaSalle came up right after 2018. Before I do mm-hmm. that, I want to talk about your wife too, because I think balancing family must be a big thing being a coach because you guys are so busy. So how does that work? My wife is my rock, man. Is she, she the boss? She is. She's the boss, <laughs> okay. without a doubt. 
but she is. And what so, is your wife's name? My wife's name is Ariana. Ariana. Okay. Ariana. Yep. So you guys have two kids. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So my wife Ariana is um she we her and I were great friends for a long time, and she knows me. Mm-hmm. She understands my profession, and it's not an easy profession. Right. Spend a lot of time away. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I'm home, a lot of times mentally I'm away because right. I'm sitting there, I'm present, mm-hmm. but I'm thinking about our team, I'm thinking about recruiting, I'm thinking right. about how wait, ways I need to elevate our program. Even as an assistant coach, a lot mm-hmm. of times, like I'm home, but like my mind is on like recruiting and right. you know we just lost a game and like you know what what do I need to do um, to to help our players? Yeah. So she she goes through a lot just because regardless of where I'm at mentally. Like, mm-hmm. she's always there to support me. Yeah. Um, and, and I love her for it, man. Um, she She's a saint, St. Yeah. Ariana, in, in our household. And how old are her two kids? Uh, Journey, our daughter, is four years old. Okay. And our son, Ace, is six months. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, I love yeah. that. Yep. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I actually, when I interviewed Coach Ray, he talked about his wife, Patty. Yeah. And how... Um, She's his rock, too. Yeah. And he told a funny story about, I guess, in the very beginning, when he was coaching maybe at Hofstra or even before, he got, like, in a fight with one of the fans. And after the game, Patty made him call the the fan to apologize. Wow. So he was just like, you know, she she runs the show. Yeah. Which is great. Ari- and Ariana and Patty are very tight. So it's, it's – and, and this is the beautiful thing about mm-hmm. our time in Nova. It's a family atmosphere. Yeah. And, and, and Miss, Miss Patty always would talk to – Ariana, just about, you know, the lifestyle of being a coach's mm-hmm. wife and, you know, how you have to support mm-hmm. your husband. And, and, and I think Ariana adopted some of those ways of Miss Patty of kind of learning how to put me in check and put things in perspective right. also. Definitely, yeah. Um, but, but we need it though, man, because, you know, as, as coaches, we're used to, you know, being the bosses and running the show. Mm-hmm. And um, at times we need to be told that, that we're wrong and, mm-hmm. and that we're being egomaniacs at mm-hmm. times, which which we have to be at times. Okay. Um, but you know, without without my wife, man, I, I don't know. I don't yeah. know where I'll be right now. Yeah, I yeah. love that. Yeah. So I'm gonna talk about LaSalle because yeah. right after you guys won the two thousand eighteen championship, which is also very cool, mm-hmm. um, you got the call from LaSalle. So mm-hmm. how quickly did that happen? So you know, the the process happened pretty quick. So okay. LaSalle the LaSalle job opened up during the weekend of the the Elite Eight Sweet Sixteen okay. weekend, like that Saturday. Mm-hmm. And um I got a call that week that I was gonna be a candidate for the job. Sure, yeah. And they LaSalle was very respectful in terms of allowing me to go through the final four and mm-hmm. you know, just going to, you know, just finish the job with a clear mind. You know, obviously spending time here as an assistant. Right. Uh, my first job, I was 23 years old, so I was the same age as a lot of students yeah. on campus when I when I first when I first uh, had my first stint here as an assistant. So it was a place that I had a connection to. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I had you know a lot of great friends of mine that played at LaSalle. Mm-hmm. Um, Russell Butler okay. uh, was was a great uh, friend of mine, and and um, and and Coach Donnie Carr, who was a right. great player here, he's one of my one of my coaches and he was okay. on the staff here at the time. So mm-hmm. there were people that, you know, I I grown very fond of, mm-hmm. you know, during my time as an assistant. Obviously like my first recruits in my life were guys that I recruited to come and play right. here at South. Okay. Um so it was a place that was dear to me. So it was something that I was excited about. Mm-hmm. The opportunity to 
to stay home and right and, and, and build this program up was, mm. was an opportunity that I thought was um a opportunity of a lifetime yeah so I was sure. very excited about it even going into um that that week in, okay. in San Antonio for the, right. for the for the final four so I remember being in San Antonio watching Michigan versus okay. Loyola of Chicago and mm-hmm. Loyola of Chicago small school in Chicago right make, making it to the final four and I was yeah. thinking to myself like if Loyola Chicago can make it to the final four. Right. Why can't we at LaSalle? Like why can't yeah. we, you know, build something special mm-hmm. like that here at LaSalle? And I know a lot of times stars have to line up and and you know, you gotta have a lot of good fortune on your side, but mm-hmm. I think LaSalle is a place that has that type of potential. Mm-hmm. So when the opportunity presented itself in my eyes, um, it was something that I was gonna go after sure, aggressively yeah. and and I interviewed a couple of days after we won the national championship, mm-hmm. and it was announced like a like a week later. Because you guys won on a Monday night, and then you go yep. home, and the yep. parade was that week, and the then you transitioned right over. The parade was on Wednesday. Okay. My interview was on Thursday. That's a lot to go through. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I think I was announced on on uh, on Monday. Okay, I wow. On, I had my interview on Monday. Yeah. yeah so and I like what you cool. said in the beginning of our conversation. We talk about. You have, you know, a good intention behind what you're doing. Things mm-hmm. kind of fall into your lap, mm-hmm. which I think is what happened with the head coaching job, too. Yep. So you put in all the work being yep. an assistant for how many years, I guess? It was uh, 13 years. 13 years. Okay. Yeah. And then stars kind of aligned for you. Yep. And you got to St. Philly, which I'm sure your wife was probably happy about, too. Oh, we didn't have to move. move. It was easy. Yeah. It was easy transition. That's uh, awesome. That was, yeah. the, that was the best part of the – that was the – People ask me, yo, how was the transition? The best part of the transition was we didn't have to move. Right. Yeah. You know, it was easy. So, um, yeah. Because yeah, your wife must have been pregnant then, too, right? She was pregnant. Okay. Yeah. yeah. yeah a lot going on. Then. Yeah. So, we had, yeah. we had a lot going on. Yeah. Time, but it was all good stuff. And I also bring up always uh, remembering to trust God's plan. Because I yep. think people, so I'm 31, a lot of people want things to happen instantaneously. Yep. You see it even today in the world of like Instagram, you know, like instantly getting likes. And no so doubt. people are so used to it. Yeah. Um, but. Father Rob in his podcast talked a lot about, you know, um, trusting in the unseen, yeah. believing in the unseen, yeah. and that'll get you places. So even, um, so I think it's kind of cool. So you yeah. trusted for all those 13 years, and then what's yeah. that happen, yeah. which is Fa- great. And Father Rob um, has a scripture where it says, blessed are those who believe in what they cannot see. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. And see what you believe, and then become what you see. Right. And that, that was... um. I think that was our uh, the homily that he did before we played Kansas okay. in the Elite Eight game mm-hmm. in 2016, and and that stuck with me. Mm-hmm. and And I made our mantra here at LaSalle believe. Yeah, and we so so everything that we we do like when we huddle up, you know we it's believe we say believe okay and when, so we, cool. when we face a little bit of adversity in the game our guys mm-hmm. say to each other come on man believe believe yeah you know so it's something that that um that's something that i that i that i've taken from father rob right um and uh and and it's true it's, yeah you, know, you 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 go through life and and everybody right now is is all about instant gratification right and and when you when you're a coach and you're building a team, it's, it's more about the process. Process, yeah. And you can't judge your team mm-hmm. based on wins and losses early on. You right. Gotta, you got to judge them based on, you know, are we getting better? Do we understand, you know, what our core values are? Are we living our core values every right. day? 
you know, and, Definitely, and are, yeah. we, are we becoming more connected as, 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 as a group of men? Yeah. You know, even in a loss, like we lost to Villanova this year, but I felt like that game helped us because we, we showed that we can compete against a, a quality yeah. opponent. Right. And, um, and it's just a process. Yeah. We started the season off 0-10 right. this year and, and our guys just, you know, you know, stuck with each stuck other, with each other yeah. and, and that was the believing part. And right. Then, and then as the season went on, you know, our guys started to believe in each other more, mm-hmm. and we started to perform better. Okay. Um. And and now, like that's our that's our foundation. So now right. we're we're gonna, you know, hopefully, you know, prepare for even better next season next of season, just yeah. being true to our core values. Okay. Being true to believing in each other, and then trusting that mm-hmm. if we have that mindset, yeah, regardless of the circumstance, regardless right. of how difficult the situations are that we're in right that we can be successful definitely yeah. yeah so i want to talk about also um because when you got the job one year ago mm-hmm. you, you became the ceo almost of the company yeah, man. Yeah, man. which is kind of cool and yep. then um or it's almost it's very entrepreneurial is what i think which is, is kind of cool it is. um and a lot of people i've interviewed um that are entrepreneurs typically are five ten sometimes even 20 years into their um company but they always Whenever I interview them, they always talk about that first year and how um, what a learning experience that was and how there's so many highs, so many lows. So I think it's kind of cool as I'm talking to you literally in that first year. So I would love to you to talk about some of the highs and the lows and um, and how you got through, especially the lows, too, because I think. Even people I interview, you know, uh, they put my guests on pedestals, you know, because of all the success they've had and, yep. you know, Villanova and everything else. Yep. But, um, you know, everyone has to go through adversity. So I'd love to hear your take on it. So uh, for, for this year, it, there were there were, so many circumstances that go beyond your control. Mm-hmm. Right. So injuries. Like I had a kid that, that got that I had multiple kids just have injuries. Yeah. And and when you have a young, inexperienced roster, the worst thing that you can have are injuries. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, um, you know, everybody needs as much time and practice on the court mm-hmm. as possible so you can work on, you know, just, you know, our scheme as a team, mm-hmm. work on, you know, our technique and, you know, you know, prepare our guys and skill development. So, like, I went last summer, I had, I had two of the players that, that were returning were hurt, so they didn't do anything all last summer. Okay, um, which made it a challenge. We had two. We 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 got a transfer from South Carolina. Okay, we were working on getting a waiver for him to play early because he had a hardship with um, um, uh, illness in his family. Okay, and that's why he wanted to come home. So right, and then we had another kid who was a six year transfer. Okay, who we were working to get a waiver to play for six year. Got it. Okay. So there were times last year, Steph, where like we legitimately had four players. Right. And and we were just relying on, you know, like the freshmen that we had coming in. We had a mm-hmm. freshman who tore ACL. So that's in high school. So yeah. that's another player that was just down. So right. it's like a it was a depleted roster. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't have came into the situation and just cleaned house because it was like, yo, we didn't even have players right. to fill the team. Yeah. And I didn't want to come in from the start and say, like, all right, yo, let's just try to bring in as many guys as we can because you don't want to take anybody that you don't have a plan for mm-hmm. long term. Yeah. So, you know, we we were we were we were just 
working on with the guys that we have. Let's lay our foundation now mm-hmm. in terms of establishing our culture, instilling our culture. Then one of our players became academically ineligible. Okay. Because last year, you know, he, he had a bad semester in the fall. Mm-hmm. And then when they had the coaching change, like he didn't do any or any anything in school. Right. And he put himself behind and then at the end when we got the job, you know, you know, just you know, it was too late. Right. So now this dude's academically ineligible for the first semester. Mm-hmm. So now you're looking at this team and you're saying like, yo, man, how are we going to, like, this is where we're starting. Right. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. You know what I mean? It's tough. And, yeah. Um, it, w- it was difficult. Um, but what we did, well, we just we just started building. Okay. Started building the mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we, we met in the summertime mm-hmm. where we didn't touch a basketball. We did a whole week where it was just... Um, team building exercises sure yeah right um and and it was just laying the foundation of like all right yo guys this is what we want to be we want to be a team that's connected to each other we want to be a team that knows each other right you know we want to be a brotherhood Mm -hmm. you know and and we knew that we were going to face some difficult times okay but in those difficult times i wanted our, our guys to stick together yeah regardless regardless yeah right and um you know we we had a situation where we lost the kid, kid transferred out. You know, we, we asked him to leave. Mm-hmm. So, so you know, then we get to the to the fall, mm-hmm. and now it's all right. Now we're 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 building our mm-hmm. culture. We we finally have a team. Yeah, we're practicing. We got both of those guys. We're trying to get waivers. We got those guys waivers. Okay. So in our mind, we were like, "Woo, all right, yeah. good. we're we're good." That was a high. Right. When we got right. those two okay. guys waivers, it's like, "All right, we have a team. Yeah, right, we won't be rolling out there with seven players." Right. Right. Um, so now we have a full team. The guys that were hurt, they're they're healthy. Mm-hmm. We we added another tr- another uh we added two more transfers. So one had to sit out. Another one was immediately eligible to play. So now our, we have a team, and then you you start to coach your team. Okay. And you realize that you know you got we brought in three transfers. We had a kid who had transferred for the other coach who played for another coach before. And then you had two high school kids. Okay. And then everybody else played for the previous coach. Okay. So it was all brand new. So right. it was zero. So like we're teaching everything from, from the start. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all of my coaches were new mm-hmm. because I didn't bring anybody with me from Villanova. Right. Okay. You know what I mean? So yeah. there was nobody that really understood me as a coach, my first year as a head mm-hmm. coach, I'm learning right. myself. So it was brand new for brand everybody. New. Yeah. Right. So just going through that that process of, you know, me trying to teach our players. Yeah. Teach our coaches. Our coaches not necessarily knowing what I'm trying to teach, you know, like like instinctually. Right. They're trying to pick it up as we go along. Go along. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it was brand new for everybody. Mm-hmm. Right. So the only thing that we could do is just, you know, stay true to ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, be be disciplined in terms of coming to work every day, giving right. an honest effort. Yeah. Understanding what our what what we were trying to accomplish in terms of just establishing a culture. Mm-hmm. Right. And and we did it. And, and early on, like, you know, we we play. It's not like we played bad. Yeah. We didn't play bad early on. We had a couple games where, you know what, the game just slipped out of our hands. Right. Like we, our first game, we played at Temple. And. You know, I thought we, we started off well. Mm-hmm. Game slipped out of our hands in right. the second half. Then we played Lafayette mm-hmm. at home. Great crowd. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, 
homecoming weekend. Yeah. Packed house. Right. We're 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 killing them to start the game. Yeah. Then we got a couple bad calls from the referees mm-hmm. where, you know, early in the year, you know, they make points of emphasis on hooking. Like we got two hook and hold calls for technical fouls. Right. Where the other team got two free throws and a ball back. And we yeah. lost the game by one. We had two hook and hold calls on homecoming night. Yeah. And we lose the game like on a buzzer beater. So that was a low. Right. It was like, gosh, man. It was like, you know, after the Temple game, we felt like, yo, we competed. We know Temple's right. going to be a good team. We lost by like six. It was like, oh, yeah. you know what? That, that will be, we got a chance. And then yeah. come back, lose at home. Right. And then we go to Florida at Florida, mm-hmm. which is like, all right, man, that's, that's a tough game. Yeah. And then we come back and um, one of our players is out. We play Drexel. So we right. got an injury. One of, one of our right. guys go down against Florida. We come back and play Drexel at home yeah. without one of our best players. Right. Then it's like, all right, lose that game. Yeah. Game that we probably could have won. Then we go to a tournament in California. And, you know, it's like the beats just keep going on. Like right. Lose three in a row out there to three really competitive teams. Then we come back and play Villanova. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right? Then you know, in the Villanova game, we we showed so much toughness and mm-hmm. grit and promise. Right. And in the Villanova game, we had two guys out. Okay. Wow. Right. Yeah. And 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 then like we battled and we lost in a, right. in a heartbreaker. Yeah. Right. Is then that we, cool coaching against your old? It was, old, um, it was it was it was cool. It, okay. was, it was cool. It was uh it was like being in practice where yeah. like, all right, I got the blue team, somebody else yeah. has the white team. <laughs> like I'm you know, we're we're out there and and um and I know the players mm, and, sure, and, yeah. You know, you know, the relationship is in. I know they want to kick my butt. Yeah. And they know I want to kick kick yeah. their butt. So, you know it's fine. it yeah. was good and then it's like yeah. one day all right, we, we, we battle and then you know right. after that I'm rooting for those guys. Yeah. Right? And that's how it is in the big five. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, after the Villanova game, we come back, we play Bucknell, mm-hmm. who was a great team. Like right. Bucknell, their best player is going to Kentucky next year. Wow. So yeah. it's like, yo, now we, we get smoked by Bucknell. Yeah. We still have players out. Yeah. Then we lose the pen. And, you know, at the time it's like, all right, we know Penn is good. We didn't know Penn was going to win the big five. Right. Right. So we're 0-10. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, like, wow. It's like. Up, you know, peaks and, and valleys, peaks yeah. and valleys. Let's just stay true to who we are. Let's just keep getting better. Right. And when you're when you're in the position as a head coach, CEO, yeah, you have to figure out how to get it done. Right. Right. Yeah. Can't make excuses. Like you know, like nobody's trying to take a loss ever. Yeah. Right. So. My my thing is, all right, I understand that we won't be great, but like let's keep getting better. Right. And I felt like we were getting better. And mm-hmm. then, you know, the, the Bucknell pin, you know, I I question like, ah, I don't want to lose these guys. Right. But luckily for us, we had a gap in between Penn and our next game, which okay. was Alabama A and M. And I said, Yo, man, like, yo, we're just not in great condition. Like, mm-hmm. We gotta get in shape. And I think our players will will attest to this. Like that time in between those two games, right? We were like the cross country team. We we're like okay. the South cross country team. Yeah, and we did a lot of running. We did a lot of conditioning. Right. And I felt like that helped us. And then we played in a tournament in Atlantic City, 
and we won our first game versus Alabama A&M. Awesome, yeah. And then we came back and beat Towson, so we okay. won two games in a row. Right. So we had a little momentum. Yeah, and then we, for sure. Then we went up to UMass yeah. to start conference play and won at UMass. Okay. So it was like, all right. Things you know, are picking up. Yeah. yeah. Thing, things are turning over. But right. if we if we would have completely fell apart mm. during that 0-10 stretch, yeah. there's no way that our guys are able to, you know, turn turn it around. Right. You know, um, and, and then the rest of the, the, the season was all conference play. Right. And we have a very competitive conference. Um, a lot of great coaches, a lot of talented young teams. Definitely, yeah. And um, and we finished our season, you know, one game below 500. Okay. And and, and even in conference play, like, we, we had a lot of games. Mm-hmm. That could have went either way. Yeah. That are all games that, that you just learn from. Right. And um, you know, it was it was it was it was a great experience. Yeah. Man. It was it was it was a great it was great to go through in year one year where one, I felt yeah. like all right, yo, we start off shaky and then we kind of salvaged everything. Salvage everything, and, yeah. And then, you know, yeah. I'm happy you shared that too, because I think a lot of people for, forget that, you know, during that first year, everyone goes through that adversity mm-hmm. too. And you mentioned the word grit too. I always actually bring up Angel Duckworth's book. Grit, the power of passion, perseverance. Yep. So what does that word mean to you, too, as a, as a head coach in, in the first year trying to figure things out? It's just ment- developing mental toughness. Okay. And a, a mindset that I won't be denied. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, 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 that, and that, to me, in my opinion, that's grit. Like, mm-hmm. regardless of what you're, you're facing, just, just battling it. Mm-hmm. Going through it and and overcoming it. Okay. And, and and I feel like once you go through some adversity, yeah, where you know you're you're, you know the the, the odds are stacked up against you, and you're able to to, to battle it mm-hmm. and overcome it. Yeah. I, I I think it develops a mindset, and people Definitely, who yeah. go through that, I think they develop mm-hmm. the grit. Exactly. Um. That. That, that helps them, you know, just, just move, move forward. forward right. You know? And then has faith played a big part in your life too? Huge. Huge. Yeah. Huge. Because without, without faith, like that's where, that's your foundation, mm-hmm. you know? So, and that's where, where father Rob was, was mm-hmm. so valuable for me because he, he always kept things in, in perspective through our faith mm-hmm. and, um, and, and everything that we do, in life, especially as coaches, yeah, we most of the time we're doing it for other people. Okay, and and people look at college coaches and they and they think, ah, oh, man, these guys, they get paid a lot of money. But like, right. we, it's like at the end of the day, like it's like we can't control that. Right, <laughs> you know what I mean? the right, only right. thing that we can control is our actions and how we live. Yeah, and especially from my perspective and the men that I've been around, mm-hmm. um, the coaches I've been around, like those guys are very motivated just by helping other people yeah and that comes from your faith that right. comes from understanding that we're all in these positions for a reason god put us in these positions how are we living our lives through for me through christ mm-hmm. and it's through helping people helping people yeah you know and, and we just use basketball as the as the uh as the as the avenue to do for it sure you know and um, so I want to do some rapid fire questions, which I always end with, which are fun. So when you think of the word success, who do you think of? And it can be more than one person. Uh, I think of my grandfather. Okay. Eddie Howard. 
And my grandfather was a janitor at Pep Boys corporate office. Mm. And and he just took pride in um having to clean this building. Right. Um when when the fall comes and the and the leaves, you know, um, fall all over the property, make sure that you know the the, the grounds are spotless. Mm-hmm. There's not a leaf to be seen. Yeah. When it snows, um, you know, there's a path for people to walk up and down the grounds and right. the path is salted. Mm-hmm. And um and and when I think of success, I think of him because he taught me work ethic mm-hmm. and he taught me, um, you know, the value of finding success in little things. Right. Right. Exactly. So, so when I think of success, that's why. I, I love that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and what advice would you give to your 30 year old self? I'm 31. So it's always sort of a selfish question on my part. Um, the, the advice, you're 38. Yeah. Now? Okay. Yeah, the, the advice that I would give to my 30 year old self is to, and and invest is never too early to invest in yourself. Okay. You know, I mean? like everything that you're doing, you're you're investing mm. in your future. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, through you know whether it's you know physically, mm. financially, spiritually. Yeah. It's like everything you do. You know, you're you're, you're making an investment in yourself. The, yeah. the company you keep, the people that you surround yourself around. Oh, yeah. Like though, you know, those people are going to impact. Um, you know, who you become. Yeah. You know, I like that a lot. Yep. Um, and then if you could give one book to every person, what would it be? This stumps some people. So it's okay. Um, I, I would give, uh, Tony Dungy. Okay. Un, um, uncommon life. Okay. And that's, um, that's a book that, that I, uh, that I carry with me all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's a daily read and, and, and it, and it comes with a, a, a story. Okay. That um that he uses to just you know, you know reference whatever scripture of the day definitely that yeah. he has and okay. um it's it's a book that that uh that that, that I swear by. So, okay, I'll but, put that in the show notes too. Yep. So Coach Ash, I'm excited for you. So you're Appreciate going to your second year. Yep. Uh, we're in May right now, so I'm really excited. I'll be cheering for you in October. Appreciate and then it. where can everyone follow you and LaSalle basketball? So you can follow LaSalle Basketball on Twitter and Instagram at, okay. um, at LaSalle MBB. Okay. And um, you can follow me um, on uh, Instagram at, okay. uh, at Coach Ash 5 Okay. Nice. And on Twitter at um, Coach Ash Howard. Okay. Yeah. And I'll include it in the show notes too. Okay. All nice. right. Thanks. High five. Thanks, that was good. Appreciate yeah, that was great. Hi, everybody. Thank you so very much for taking the time to listen to High Five Success Stories. To learn more about the podcast, feel free to follow me on Instagram. My handle is at High Five Success or on Facebook. You can like High Five Success Stories with Steph Hayden. Or I'm also on Twitter. My handle is at High Five Hayden. And lastly, you can subscribe to the newsletter on my website, www.stephhayden.com. And if you get a second, I would really appreciate it if you could rate the podcast on iTunes. Thanks so much.